0: Today on the first 40 miles, Drip, the rain episode. Don't let the rain keep you from getting outside. We'll have some great gear recommendations for your next drippy trip. Then, a three-layer rain jacket designed to sock it to Mother Nature. For the backpack hack of the week, a way to keep your maps from disintegrating in a downpour. And we'll leave you with a little trail wisdom from a man who is known for his humor or wisdom. We can't tell the difference. All this and that's about it today on the first 40 miles. Well, before we moved to Oregon about four years ago, we lived in Utah. And we lived in Utah for about eight years. And one of the biggest differences between Utah and Oregon is that in Utah, people pray for moisture. In Utah, <laughs> events are canceled because of rain, because it's just like this, this miraculous event. And in Oregon, of course, rain is a frequent occurrence, and so the show must go on.
1: However, snow can bring Oregon (laughs) to a complete standstill when snow is just fine in Utah.
0: That's right, maybe that's why Utahns pray for moisture. They don't pray for rain. (laughs) Smart. (laughs) Well, here in the Northwest, we just take rain for granted. It happens a lot. In fact, I think sometimes we forget that the beautiful greenery here is because of the twice a year soaking that we get Every spring and every fall, where it rains for, I want to say weeks, but it's felt like months this year. So, I
1: well, think. in October, which was when we did our last backpacking trip of the fall, uh, we got twice as much rain as average here in Oregon. Wow. And then November, December, January, it was just really cold and about average for rain. And then in February, again, we got about double the average amount of rain here
0: yeah so i'm not crazy it has <laughs> felt like a lot of rain
1: well and everybody knows how much rain california got this winter yeah.
0: so i guess whether you live in a drier climate or in a soggy climate rain has the potential to affect your hiking and backpacking experience
1: and rain does bring risks it's not just simply an inconvenience
0: all Right. if it were just an inconvenience i think we could all power through it but what are the risks that come when there's rain on the trail
1: Depends on where you are. In in Utah, it was the flash flood risk. The temperatures might have been warm, and there wasn't really a hypothermia risk per se, but if you were down in a canyon and you saw a rainstorm, even if the rain wasn't raining on you, you had to be aware that there's a rainstorm a couple miles away that could cause a flash flood through where you are. And this summer, we'll be in New Mexico spending some time at the Philmont Scout Ranch. We've heard from people who have gone there before One year in particular, they said they could count on it like clockwork every afternoon at a certain time a rainstorm would come through. It would just dump like crazy for a few minutes and then be gone.
0: And then we also heard that a lot of times those rainstorms are accompanied by thunder and lightning. That adds a whole new level of things to be terrified of. I mean, can you imagine hiking in a lightning storm? I don't think think we've ever had to do that. Our kids, though, will be, two of them will be out on a backpacking trip that week. And we've been told that there's a good chance that they will be hiking through a lightning storm and that everyone there knows what to do.
1: When we lived in New York, we also had a lot of rainstorms with lightning in them, especially in the summer when everything was so warm. It would just create all of that electricity in the clouds. And yeah, you've got to be prepared for the risk and know how to seek safe places when you're on the trail and a lightning storm suddenly comes along.
0: And then here in the Northwest, we have a special kind of rain. It's the kind of rain that soaks into your soul. It's drizzly. A lot of times it's tiny and it can rain like that for hours. And despite how small the little droplets can be, it really does soak in.
1: And it can be borderline almost snowing. So it's a super cold rain where snow would actually be less dangerous because the rain is getting you wet and the hypothermia risk goes way up. And you're not going to have a chance to dry out that clothing like ever sometimes, <laughs> you know, in the, in the wintertime when you go backpacking or fall or spring even. Okay, if you're in New Mexico and a half-hour rainstorm comes through, you've got the next 23 and a half hours to dry everything out. But in the Pacific Northwest, it's going to drizzle on you all day. And once you're wet, you're wet.
0: So rain does have its challenges, but it also provides some really unique opportunities.
1: One of my favorite moments from our trip to the Rogue River last spring, so this was almost exactly a year ago, was that moment where it was raining and sunny at the same time. And I took a picture of it and it was just amazing. You miss those if, you know, if you stay inside every time it rains, you miss those moments.
0: And I loved on our Redwoods trip how you just had a completely different paradigm about rain So while everyone else was trying to keep their feet dry, you just decided that you were going to stay wet. And so you wore sandals on that trip and had wet feet.
1: When I got to camp in the evening, all I had to do was dry off my feet real quickly, put on some warm socks. You know, they were dry because they'd been in my pack. It felt great. So if you can't beat it, join it, I guess. Right.
0: (laughs) So no matter what kind of rain you have in your part of the country, we have a top five list today that will help you prepare for rainy, nay, soggy trips. And the number one thing that you'll need is rain gear. Rain gear has improved drastically over the last 30 years. You know, you can still find those yellow polyvinyl chloride rain slickers. they're heavy and they'll make you sweaty. And so there are some other really great options out there that aren't terribly expensive. And one that we've talked about before is frog togs. We've tried the cheapest frog togs and we've tried some of their mid-range frog togs and both of them are solid performers. They perform well in the rain, they keep you dry on the inside and they're a great budget option. However, if you are itching to spend your tax return, on some really great gear. We'll be reviewing another option for rain gear on today's Summit Gear Review. Another piece of rain gear that I found that was fascinating is called a rain kilt. And I found this on antigravitygear.com. It's kind of a long skirt that covers your pants area. And it's great if you're gonna be hiking in warm rain. Plus it's an ultralight piece of gear. So if you didn't wanna pack heavy pants for just a few ounces, you can get the rain kilt. And then how about rain gloves? Maybe we don't really think about our hands when we're considering rain gear, but hands that are soaked with rain can get cold really quickly. And then that can make it hard to do simple tasks like pumping water or even setting up your tent. So if you value finger dexterity on the trail, then hands, H-A-N-Z, makes some waterproof gloves. They also make waterproof socks. And recently, Hands has come out with their next generation of their waterproof gloves, which are the Hands waterproof tap knit touchscreen gloves. So you can actually use your device while you're wearing the gloves. These gloves are waterproof, wicking, and breathable and they fit really snug. So there's not like, you know, lots of seams inside. It's a really well-fitting glove. And then you'll be able to have warm hands. And having gloves when it's cold and rainy allows you to have full dexterity.
1: Another perspective that you can take is that your clothing doesn't necessarily have to be waterproof if it dries out really quickly i guess that was kind of like the approach i took in the redwoods where i said well if i'm not wearing socks and i'm not wearing shoes just sandals then there's nothing to get wet but my feet and they'll dry out really quickly
0: yeah this is especially a great approach to take if you're going to be in those mid-afternoon showers that maybe last a few minutes and you don't want to bring a full set of rain gear with you you know you're going to be wet for about 45 minutes and then you'll be completely dry after that. So as long as you have synthetic clothing that's gonna dry out quickly, or you have clothing that will retain its insulation power, even when it's wet, like alpaca or wool, then you can bring that on your trip.
1: And that's especially relevant if you're hiking in warm rain, because you know sometimes when the weather's really warm out, then the rain gear that you put on just causes you to sweat, and you're gonna get just as wet from your sweat as you would have gotten from the rain itself. So let it rain and then just let it dry.
0: Hey, fun fact. You know how they say that wool is warm when it's wet? Yeah. It's one of its superpowers. Well, it's true. As long as the water doesn't go above 35% of the weight of the wool clothing. So if your wool shirt weighs 200 grams, then fast math here in my (laughs) head on the fly. That's 70 grams of water soaked into the shirt and you can still be warm. So 70 grams is about a quarter cup of water or about 1,334 individual raindrops.
1: That's some good math.
0: And then once you go past that level of moisture, then the wool has a hard time keeping up its insulative value.
1: And be careful with down because it's nowhere near that ratio for down. Uh, Just a little bit of water will start to cause the down to collapse and lose all of those air pockets that it creates, and its insulating power is gone.
0: Goodbye. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, you can bring an umbrella. Umbrellas work somewhat for rain gear. They are definitely good for ventilation. You can get lots of airflow, uh, but not so great for sideways rain.
1: And a halfway in between option is a poncho, Uh, much more breathable, maybe not as much as an umbrella, of course, but much more breathable than a raincoat and rain pants, but better coverage than an umbrella.
0: And stylish.
1: You can throw it over your pack as well as you. (laughs) It's great.
0: The number two thing you'll need for soggy trips is a waterproof map. And I'm going to throw paper into this category too. So lots of maps that you can find at your outdoor store are waterproofed already yay science, and they're made of like a super thin paperish type material. They're usually lighter than paper, tear proof, and they are very durable. Some of the brands that we've tried or seen are the Green Trails maps, National Geographic maps, and Pocket Profile maps. You can also print out your own waterproof map using Write in the Rain printer paper. They're not tear-proof, but they'll repel water, and then you won't have to store it inside of a gallon Ziploc bag. You'll just be able to use the map like a map. Write in the Rain also has every size and type of notebook imaginable, so if you're looking to bring a waterproof trail journal, we'll have a link in the show notes to Write in the Rain.
1: You mentioned the gallon-sized Ziploc bag. Now, that's a pretty good option, too, if you have a map that's not waterproof. Especially, I I like to go to caltopo.com, and I can print out the map of exactly the area where we're going to be hiking, just perfectly centered on our trail. Well, if it's not waterproof, I can stick it in a gallon-sized Ziploc bag, and that works pretty well.
0: The number three thing that you'll need for soggy trips is a waterproofed shelter. If you want your tent to be watertight, then you've got to have a few things in place. And the first thing is a rainfly with an up-to-date waterproofing treatment on it. And I think most rainflies that come with your average tent are going to come already waterproofed. But as time goes on, that waterproofing kind of wears off and you'll need to reapply it so that your rainfly provides the protection to the tent underneath it.
1: The rainfly will take care of the water falling from the sky, but on a rainy trip, you've also got a bunch of water down on the ground coming up at you from from below. Even though your tent may have a water repellent coating on it, and, you know, that's going to help some on the bottom. But when the tent is pressed down against wet ground, that water repellent coating just doesn't do its job. So on a rainy trip, bring a footprint as well. The footprint is a piece of tarp that is the same size as your tent. In fact, if it's any larger than your tent, make sure that you tuck it under the tent. You don't want any part of the footprint sticking out from under your tent, because if you do, it will become a rain collection device, collecting the rain from the sky and bringing it right under your tent for you. So tuck it in so that it's below your tent, not sticking out at all. And that gives you that extra waterproof layer below the tent for those trips where the ground is really wet.
0: Another component of a great waterproof shelter is taped or sealed seams. So even though your tent was probably factory treated with a waterproof coating, the places where the tent was sewn together leave little tiny holes in the fabric that Rain loves to sneak in through. So if your tent doesn't have taped seams or sealed seams, you can do this yourself with a product called Seam Seal. And I'm also kind of wondering if someone has tried sealing their tent with bathroom caulk. I'm just curious if that would work just as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It works in a bathroom. You'd have to
1: get it on really thin.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a hack of the week soon.
1: Try it on a cheap tent. Okay. (laughs) Of course, those are the tents that would need it.
0: Yeah. All right. I feel a hack of the week coming on. (laughs) This will be good. (laughs)
1: And if you're hammock camping, you may actually have things a little easier because you don't have to worry so much about the, the water below you. You're not on the ground. A good rain fly over your hammock will keep the rain out from above. And then maybe just a little mat that you can step on when you step out of your hammock should do the trick below you. Of course, you do need to make sure that you can keep all of your gear dry. So good rain cover for your pack. Consider what to do with your shoes when you take them off. You know, you got to keep that all very well packed and protected.
0: And the number four thing you'll need for soggy backpacking trips is the Absorber Synthetic Drying Chamois. Sounds like a has seen on TV kind of product. <laughs> Maybe it was on TV. I don't know. But I was introduced to this back when our family did Airbnb and we hosted a Korean family and they went to the pool for a swim and instead of bringing the towels that we provided them, they brought their own little towels, which were really little and they weren't terry cloth towels. They were made of this kind of spongy rubbery material that soaks up water really, really, really well. It's a 27 inch by 17 inch drying chamois. And so you can use it to dry your car, you can use it to dry off your dog. But my favorite use for the Absorber is drying my gear on rainy backpacking trips. I got an Absorber towel and I just cut mine into quarters and I added a little grommet on the corner so I could hang it from the outside of my pack. Then on rainy backpacking trips, before I get into the tent, I'll wipe everything off with the absorber towel. And then I am completely dry when I get into my tent. And then in the morning when I wake up, I'll take the absorber towel and I will wipe down the entire tent. And it is amazing how much water the absorber absorbs.
1: I didn't know that grommet on the towel was added by you. Yeah. That's really handy because like you said, you've always just got it hanging on the outside of your pack. And on a rainy trip, these things, they're really easy to squeeze out. So you can use it to wipe up a bunch of water. It leaves the surface nearly dry and then a quick squeeze and the towel is ready to use again.
0: Yeah, they are amazing. You've just got to try it to believe it. It's (laughs) so cool. And in fact, I went to the dollar store, I think it was last summer, and they had something similar to this in kind of the... car maintenance area in these little tubes. So you may be able to find them there. I think the absorber is around $10 and then dollar store, it's only a dollar. And one last thing about these synthetic chamois, um, they're made of PVA and they absorb best when they're damp. In fact, they're sold damp.
1: And the number five thing you'll need on a soggy trip is a bunch of waterproof stuff sacks. It's great that you have a rain fly on your pack. But that's kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. So inside of your pack, it's really helpful to have these waterproof stuff sacks. That's especially important for your clothing. Your clothing will not always be in your pack. It might be on the floor of your tent, or it might be under your head as a pillow at night. So having that inside of a waterproof stuff sack, well, it's really wise (laughs) to do that.
0: And if you want to have one more layer of protection, then using a big garbage bag to line your entire pack is a great way to go.
1: So, rainy trips are doable. Focus on waterproof rain gear, waterproof tents or shelter, a waterproof map, a synthetic chamois towel that will dry everything off when it does get soaked, and plenty of waterproof stuff sacks.
0: For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Montane Minimus 777 Rain Jacket. Montane is a company that makes lightweight, endurance mountain gear. Montaigne is a British company, and most companies want to tell you how great it is to work for them and how they host barbecues and have free vending machines in the break room. But Montaigne is the opposite. And I got this from their website. It says, for over 21 years, Montaigne has worked closely with serious mountain professionals working in hostile conditions across the globe as a proving ground for garment design. All of these athletes help Montaigne develop clothing that will withstand the harshest of conditions, both physiologically and environmentally. Harsh? Hostile working conditions?
1: Great. Sign me up. <laughs> I know.
0: All of this so that they can produce gear that can help us push the limits. No break room for you. <laughs> no barbecue. So, Montaigne is a company that likes to ask the question where are the contemporary limits of endurance? Hashtag further, faster. So, this piece of rain gear is for pushing limits. Many ultralight rain jackets have 2.5 layers, but the Minimus 777 rain jacket has three layers. The first layer uses seven denier nylon fabric. And then the next layer is a seven micron laminate film. And then inside is a seven denier tricot backing with micro taped seams throughout the entire jacket. So everything in this jacket is super thin, micro, you know, just as thin as they could make it. And it's waterproof and breathable.
1: When I first learned about rain jackets, you know, and I heard about 2.5 layer designs and three layer designs, it was a little confusing to me because if you look, well, take this jacket for example. If you look at it and you feel it, it feels like one piece of fabric.
0: Yeah, just a nylon jacket.
1: Yeah, I thought that a three layer jacket would have these three uh, separate layers, you know, that you could kind of pull them apart from each other. Right, kind of how
0: a windbreaker would be or something. Yeah,
1: like here's the outside layer, the inside layer, and I can feel a middle one in between. And that's not how it is. They're all laminated together. So it just seems like one layer. But there are three different materials that are laminated together to make that three-layer jacket. Why do they use three different materials? Well, it's because they're trying to get that combination of waterproof and breathable. So they need a material that keeps the outside water out, but it allows perspiration to make its way through the jacket from the inside to the outside, which really sounds like magic to me. But somehow they do it.
0: And this jacket is specifically designed for people who want to keep it light on the trail.
1: I like how Montaigne didn't just rely on quote-unquote layering to keep water out. You know, a lot of rain jackets have... um, extra long arms or a flap over the zipper. You know, these extra layers that try to keep the water out. Well, Montaigne was a lot smarter about it. The cuffs are elasticized, so they come down around your wrists and they don't let any water in that way. The zipper is waterproof, so it doesn't need a flap over it.
0: And then, of course, the chest pocket also can be used for storing the jacket. It's a pretty generous chest pocket. The pocket measures about five and a half inches by seven inches, so perfectly large enough to hold a cell phone or GPS.
1: The hood is another area with great detail. Instead of having a a string or cinch cord, they've elasticized the sides of the hood. So as you zip up your jacket, the elastic is just perfect for keeping it right around your face. It has a built-in brim over the top of the hood, and the zipper comes up right up to your chin. So whenever I have this jacket fully zipped up, Other than just my face being exposed, I am completely protected from the rain.
0: For mass, the Montane Minimus 777 rain jacket weighs 4.9 ounces, and it has a two-year manufacturer warranty. And when it's compressed into its stuffed pocket, it's about the size of a gerbil. No, not a gerbil. No, a guinea pig. Gerbils, Gerbils are so small, it's the guinea pigs that are bigger and fluffier.
1: Okay, the size of a guinea pig. The
0: size of a guinea pig. (laughs) Works for me. Okay.
1: (laughs) It's way smaller than my Columbia Watertight 2 jacket. I bought that one because it was a great price, only $60. But it's 13 and a half ounces. The Montana is only 4.9 ounces. And the size difference is also, you know, just as huge. My Columbia Watertight 2 jacket takes pretty large space in my pack.
0: About Uh, the size of a a volleyball. Of,
1: yeah. Okay. Unless we're
0: sticking with the animal theme, then that's about the size of a turtle, of like a full-grown
1: full-grown turtle. turtle. Well, okay, turtles come in lots of different <laughs> sizes, but yes, a little bit smaller than a volleyball. Yeah. So I love the compactability of my Montane Minimus seven seven seven.
0: For maintenance, if you do need to wash your jacket. Just wash it in the sink with some mild detergent and then hang to dry. Do not put it in the dryer. This is a laminate material and I don't even want to know what's going to happen to it. It Could end up coming out kind of warped looking. So anyway, do not stick it in the dryer.
1: Remember what happened to our frog togs when we washed and dried them?
0: Yeah, whoops.
1: It was like shrink wrap, except this would be $300 shrink wrap.
0: Yeah, which brings us to our next point, which is investment. Amazing jacket in so many ways, but it's going to be something that you have to make a decision about because it's a significant purchase. And it's something that, if ultra light backpacking is important to you, this is something you could probably incorporate into your gear, especially if you hike a lot in the Northwest or in other rainy areas.
1: So Heather, you have the Columbia Outdry Extreme Eco Rain Jacket. Do you remember how much that costs?
0: Yeah, that one was $200.
1: And that one in in your trial was exceptionally waterproof while still being breathable. However, it's not as compact or lightweight as the Montane Minimus 777. So I think that's the trade-off. If you just have occasional rain and compact is not a big issue then buy something less expensive it'll keep the rain out for a few minutes and then it's going to wet out if you're constantly going to be in the rain then something like the columbia out dry extreme eco i think is a great way to go because it will be so exceptionally waterproof and you're willing to go with the extra weight and bulk that that's going to bring to get that guaranteed never wets out style of waterproof But the Montane really fits the bill for me a lot of the time, which is we're going out on a trip. It's probably going to rain part of the time, but it's not going to rain the whole time. So I need protection from the rain, but I've got super lightweight, super compact and compressible protection from the rain. and, And I really like that.
0: So I'm curious, Josh, how did you like the cut or fit of this jacket? I mean, it's supposed to be cut so that you can still have full range of movement. Did you feel like it was um, it was built for that?
1: Yeah, I have good range of movement. Uh, it is a snug jacket because of the elastic. So, like I said, the cuffs are elastic, so they're they're right around my wrists. The bottom of the jacket is also elastic. So, if I'm wearing a puffy layer underneath the jacket, then this jacket cinches down right below the bottom of the puffy layer, you know, against my pants. Keeps the rain out, which is great. But it's it is fairly snug down there. And then, as I said, when I zip. The zipper up all the way, it's just completely enclosing my neck where it's just an opening around my face. So I think it's a good combination of having, you know, all of those points where the rain could get in really are cinched down and closed off. And yet I still have really good range of motion to move my arms, to bend, to twist, uh, no problem at all moving. I've been using this jacket for about a year. In fact, That Rogue River trip that we mentioned, where I got that really cool shot of the rain and the sunshine at the same time, that was my first trip using the Montane jacket. And I've just been really happy with performance. When it comes to doing the job of keeping the rain out, it really works. That Columbia Watertight 2 jacket, again, budget option, $60, but it wets out pretty quickly. I'd say in a half hour or less, it's wetted out. And the Montane just lasts so much longer than the watertight 2 did uh, in terms of repelling the rain so i really like that um there are a couple things that i i wish could be a little different one of them and and maybe it's because it's from europe uh, the zipper pull is actually on the opposite side of where i'm used to it being so in men's clothing at least the men's clothing that i have (laughs) that has a zipper The zipper pull is on the left side. It's attached to the left side of the zipper. And so I hold the right side of the zipper, and then I attach the left. And and with my left hand, I pull the zipper up while I'm holding the right side of the zipper.
0: That's funny, because in women's clothing, it is the opposite. Right. Whoa. Well, the
1: montane, even though it's men's clothing... It's the opposite. Wow. And that's taken a long time for me to get used to. It's like learning to write with a different hand. (laughs) I'm left-handed. I should be able to do this, right? (laughs) Um, But holding it with my left hand and then pulling the zipper up with my right hand still feels exceptionally awkward (laughs) even after a year. And the other thing is I wish it had pockets. I, I know why it doesn't. They've made it to be as lightweight as possible and minimalist as possible. But i it just seems like I always have something I'm carrying. Uh, usually my camera.
0: I mean, it does have that pocket at the top, that stuff pocket.
1: Yeah, I suppose I could try putting my camera in there. It seems like it's kind of a bulky thing to put up that high on my chest, but I could give it a try and I'd have to make sure that my pack strap doesn't interfere with it as well. So I know why they didn't put pockets in, but for me personally, That would be nice to have a couple pockets somewhere to um, put the camera, zip the pocket, you know, with one of those waterproof zippers, and then I know that my camera is protected.
0: Well, the Montane Minimus 777 rain jacket is an ultra light, effective, somewhat pricey, but well-designed way to keep yourself dry on the trail. For today's backpack hack of the week, Waterproofing spray for your map. Nick Wax makes a product called TX Direct and it's a waterproofing product for your clothes, for your gear, but it also works on maps and it works best when the gear or the map is already wet. So get your map damp and you can either do this with a spray bottle or you can dip it in the kitchen sink. And then lay it out somewhere where the overspray of the TX Direct won't damage the surface. So, you could do this maybe in your backyard or in your garage floor, or if you are going to be replacing your carpet in the next few months, then go ahead and do it straight on the carpet. And then spray the Nickwax TX Direct on the map until it is saturated, till the whole map is covered and then flip it over and do the same thing to the other side. And this is a great way to waterproof your map that Nikwax actually recommends. This is one of their hacks that they shared with me. Um, They also shared another funny hack that if you wanted to waterproof your wrapping paper, this hack Hmm. can be used for wrapping paper. If you're, say, going to be... Having an outside Christmas festival, and people will be coming from miles around bringing presents in the snow. And you wanted your present to not be soggy. Interesting. You can spray it with TX Direct.
1: I'll keep that in mind next time I have outdoor gift giving <laughs> right. in my life.
0: Right. So, definitely for the map, it's a great idea. It's not actually going to make your map tearproof, but it will make it waterproof. And if you love the Backpack Hack of the Week segment on our show, we have a new book coming out. It's 40 Backpacking Hacks, Tried and True, Tricks of the Trail, and this is volume two. So if you want to check it out, you can find it at thefirst40miles.com slash shop.
1: We published our first 40 Backpacking Hacks book about a year ago, and it contained the hacks from the first 40 episodes of the podcast. So book number two is a little bit overdue, I'll say, but it contains the hacks from episodes number 41 through 80 of the podcast. And it's available both in print and as an ebook. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Dave Barry. He said, It always rains on tents. Rainstorms will travel thousands of miles against prevailing winds for the opportunity to rain on a tent.
0: That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles.
1: You mentioned the Zalin size, size. What are you
0: talking about? <laughs> Hold on, don't don't finish your sentence. I wanna I wanna figure out what is Zalensize. size?
1: Uh, the Zalensize size Giplock bag. Oh <laughs> <laughs> And we'll leave you today with a little trail wism wisdom.
0: <laughs>
1: try again.